0: Here's to the innovators, the makers, the doers, and the hustlers of DC. With Facebook Elevate, you can grow your business, build your online presence, kickstart your career, or turn your passion of creating content into a reality. Facebook Elevate is a program that provides free digital marketing courses, potential job opportunities, and coaching from Facebook experts that can help you kickstart your career. Learn more at facebook.com FBElevate. Facebook Elevate, on the rise, together.
1: Well, after accusing the president of violating their press freedoms by criticizing them, CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, and The Washington Post successfully lobbied to have Alex Jones' infowars banned from social media. In the run-up to the midterm elections, the opposition media has determined to deny Trump credit for the booming economy and give it to Obama. And we'll have an update from last week's developments in the political prosecution of Paul Manafort, With these and other stories from a nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is Right Now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Right Now, a daily review and comment on the news, politics, and culture of the day. This conversation never ends. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube at Right Now with Jim Dawes, and you can weigh in on the conversation, start a debate, insult the host, share it with your friends, and you'll all get early notifications as soon as these shows are posted and you can always listen to right now on uh your favorite podcast directory as well. Well, last week, uh the uh the media, the opposition media was in high dungeon because the president had uh, criticized them and of course whenever he does that, they all uh scream that he's violating the first amendment and that uh he's trampling on their press freedoms and freedom of speech. Uh but then that same group uh that's not known for the consistency, turned right around and successfully lobbied to have Alex Jones' InfoWars program banned uh, from social media. Now, uh, let me start by saying that Alex Jones is not really my cup of tea. Uh, he is, without a doubt, uh, a wild man. He's uh, borderline a lunatic. Um, I can't listen to his voice very long. It's, uh, it's really grabbly and hard to listen to. But uh, the truth of the matter is, uh they're banning Alex Jones from social media not because uh he is a conspiracy theorist or a hate monger he is he's most certainly a conspiracy theorist but he's not a hate monger the only time i've sp- heard him speak out against um identifiable uh, groups is when he condemns radical islam for its treatment of women and children and um and uh gays um other than that, uh, he, he uh, preaches that everybody should get along, um, regardless of race, and that we're all uh, Americans and uh, all have, uh, um, you know, common interests. Um, you know, and, and just as a, um, a personal anecdote, um, anecdote, uh, I started uh, webcasting back in the late 80s, early 90s at the same time that uh, Alex Jones did. Uh, back then, there was no such thing as podcast. It was webcasting. You had to use actual plug-ins in order to listen to these programs. Uh, Real audio was one of the favorite. Uh, again, this was before the development of the MP3. Uh, it was uh, Jones was on uh, me, uh, Stanley Monteith, uh, Jeff Rents, uh, Chuck, and Larry Bates out of uh, Memphis. There were uh, quite a few people that were taking advantage of the new medium in order to have talk shows, and back then uh, Alex Jones, very much the same guy is now, sort of a wild-eyed uh, conspiracy theorist, um, and uh, he stuck with it, um, you know, while I uh, got distracted with other things, and has grown his his uh, show into somewhat of a media empire, an independent alternative source of news. Uh, with millions of listeners, he's he's syndicated on 200 radio stations, in addition to an even larger reach on social media. That uh, that the the mainstream media, the opposition media, is now determined to silence. Um, and and Jones traffics in conspiracy theories. There's no doubt about it. That his is his um, his real uh, forte. He is the uh the prime example of a conspiracy theorist if you're looking for uh someone in that particular um v- venue then Alex Jones is is the best you could do he is uh, he is great at it uh and all of his conspiracy theories are not bunk either a lot of them uh, such as the globalist um scheme to undermine national sovereignty and and uh and cultures is dead on. Uh, he has been uh, way over the line on others, including Sandy Hook and and some others. Uh, and if he has uh, done anybody harm, there is certainly recourse for those people in the in the courts. And he is being sued. Um, I think he's got at least two lawsuits going now, where he is liable to have to pay a lot of money. But this banning him uh, from from these social media platforms is absolutely the wrong way to go about it. Um. For one thing, uh, these platforms, uh, they want to call themselves um, you know, private businesses, and, and they are. They have the absolute right to ban who they want, but they're, they're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to say, we're a non-discriminatory platform that offers uh, anybody, um, you know, uh, want to uh, share their opinions, uh, so we're not responsible for what their opinions are. And at the same time, we want to curate uh, who is allowed to participate, which makes them a publisher. Now, if they're just a platform, uh, they're not subject to lawsuits. But if once they start uh, determining who's allowed and who's not allowed to share their opinions on their platforms, they become publishers, and they are subject to the same liability as any other publisher. So they're trying to have it both ways, and it's because uh, the establishment media is determined to silence uh, Alex Jones and other uh, other dissonant voices from the right, in the run up to the two thousand eighteen midterm elections, uh, and the reason is is because in two thousand sixteen Donald Trump made a very good example of how he could utilize social media to go around uh, the gatekeepers of accepted narratives and expand the so called Overton window uh, by going directly to people. On social media. They're determined not to let that happen again, and uh, they're beginning with uh, Alex Jones because he is probably the most, oh, I would say over-the-top example uh, that you can choose of popular um, right-wing alternative alternative media. But uh, Alex Jones said it himself, and he was right. He's the canary in the coal mine. They're not going to stop there. As a matter of fact, right after they banned Jones uh, they moved right on to uh, to Gavin McGinnis and the Proud Boys and banned them from social media, uh, sort of to mark the anniversary of Charlottesville. Now, the Proud Boys and uh, Gavin McGinnis were not involved in Charlottesville, but they're the best um, uh, proxy that the mainstream media and the uh, the leftists that control uh, these social media platforms could find uh so they have uh, they have silenced their vo- voices again the proud boys are a multicultural group they have um straight uh, gay um they are uh what they are is um uh, western chauvinists They they believe that western civilization is um is worth saving um they believe in it and they want to stand up for it against these uh anti communists uh, that are out there raging in the streets. I think a lot of what's going on there actually is they see these uh, these skinny-armed uh, Antifa wearing their skinny jeans out in the street raising hell trying to assault people. And these guys just uh, think that somebody needs to go out there and kick their butts. They're right about it, and that's what they've been doing. Uh, so so the Proud Boys are, are now banned from uh, Twitter, and Antifa still has... A major platform on there, despite the fact uh, that Antifa is is organized in all 50 states, uh, and are in fact a violent domestic terrorist group. Well, um, if they think that banning Jones is going to uh, is going to silence him or serve their purposes of trying to silence Jones, they're sadly mistaken. Uh, what they've basically done and you would think they'd understand this because, you know, they're supposed to be the, uh, the technology experts. You can't silence somebody on the internet. I, you would think that, uh, they would have learned uh, their lesson with that. Now, all they've done is, uh, make Jones a martyr, um, giving him a lot, millions of dollars worth of pre- free publicity. And, um, and a matter of fact, he has had millions and millions of downloads of his, um, his app on uh, Android and iPhone so people can listen to him directly. And he's had millions of people go directly to his website and sign up for the email alert for his RSS feed. So uh, if they thought that they were going to silence Alex Jones, they're sadly mistaken. And what they have in fact done is put uh, people on the right on notice uh, of how precarious their position is uh, by by allowing themselves to be totally dependent on these, uh, these big three, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, to get out their message. And hopefully they will uh, take that lesson and start expanding their reach on some of these alternate forms of social media. I've got a clip here uh, for you of Alex Jones um, responding uh, to his banishment from social media.
0: This is an emergency transmission from deep in the heart of Texas, the U.S. resistance against a global corporate combine empowered and funded by Communist China, allied with the big mega banks that set up Communist China in 1949. It is a panopticonic total. Internet of Things, Integration, Global Social Score, Complete Command and Control System. It is the virtual reality AI weapon system now attacking the United States with traitors inside the major security agencies, blocking Trump's resistance of the program and attempting to stop us from removing the tentacles of the Chi-Com slash Big Tech Banking Combine emergency situation. I have been chosen for destruction because I brought you this information and have been battering, ramming it out as much as I can. I have... (laughs)
1: <laughs> did, did he say panopticonic <laughs> i mean i've listened to him um he is right about a lot of things he uh he has he has been uh, very um uh, right about a lot of um the developments in this Russiagate spy gate scandal he's called things uh before they developed uh, i have as well but uh, a lot of this stuff was pretty Transparent, except for to uh, the major media, who obviously has an agenda to pursue. Uh, But that's Alex Jones. If you want to listen to a conspiracy theory, the the highest form of conspiracy theorists, you go to Alex Jones. You know, I I I like to listen to it on occasion. Uh, I'm not a big um I, I don't enjoy a lot um evangelical preaching a lot, but I can listen to Jimmy Swaggart preach because he is uh, an authentic um, icon of that particular American art form and um and Alex Jones is the same. He's not hateful. He has uh, gone over the line in his conspiracy theories on occasion. Uh, There are certainly ways for anybody that he's harmed to seek redress. And here's the thing. They are not going to harm Alex Jones by banning him from these platforms. They're only going to argue or harm themselves. Alex Jones has a huge following, and after they banned him last week, the downloads of his... uh, his uh, smartphone app absolutely went through the roof and people flocked to his website to subscribe uh, via email to his podcast for fear that he was going to be unavailable. But he's going to migrate over to Bitchute and Gab and Minds, and he's going to rock on. And now that these social media platforms have shown themselves uh, without a doubt to be willing to censor people's views uh, for the benefit of the establishment media. Well, they've lost even more credibility than they, uh, they already had. Uh, Facebook, uh, you know, its stock tanked uh, a couple of weeks ago. They had the largest one-day loss on Wall Street history. 20 billion dollars in one day they lost Because people are losing faith And, um, you know, My, MySpace At one time was the um, The leader in social media on the internet And everybody thought that MySpace was secure Nobody could ever Take over from MySpace Well, we saw how that worked out And, and one day If uh, Twitter and Facebook keep this up And I have little doubt that they will because they're ideologically aligned uh, with the establishment media, they will uh, they'll, they'll suffer the same fate as Myspace. You know what they did really was sort of set a precedent, sort um, of get people used to the idea uh, that they were going to start censoring people. It was the very next week that they went after the um, uh, Gavin McGinnis and the Proud Boys. On those uh, those platforms. Uh, Gavin McGinnis, they, they love to uh, label him as alt-right and white nationalist. He's nothing of the sort. The Proud Boys are nothing of the sort. They're a multi-racial group uh, that uh, is um, chauvinist for Western civilization. They're pushing back against uh, the communists in Antifa. Uh, they are decidedly anti-Nazi. Those, you know, small uh, group of dead-enders that uh, wave swastikas around. But because the left is so desperate to have someone stand in as this, um, you know, these frothing white nationalists, uh, they uh, they have designated that uh, the Proud Boys and Gavin McGinnis are going to fill that role, and they uh, they banned him from social media as well. They've been shadow banning people uh on social media for uh, for several months now. If you if you want to know if your views are uh, are unacceptable to uh Jack Dorsey over at Twitter, you can go to shadowban.eu. Plug in your Twitter handle and it will tell you whether or not you've been shadow banned. I uh, I sort of hold it as a a badge of honor. Uh, that uh, right now on America First Radio have been have been shadow banned. Here is uh, here's Alex Jones again ranting about CNN.
0: When I sit there and I watch Brian Stelter and all the usual suspects and clips online, people only watch it to ridicule it. When I actually watch the main program, usually they're like. <laughs> Donald Trump wants to shut down media. Donald Trump wants to shut down the internet and free press. He's dangerous. He wants blood everywhere. He wants us killed because he criticizes us. It's horrible that he wants to shut down media and says he doesn't like the first amendment. Donald Trump said none of that. He counterpunches to you liars.
1: He's absolutely right. Donald Trump has made no moves against any media. He's called called them out for their fake news and the fake news um you know that this is not something that only Donald Trump has noticed. the uh, The news media has an approval rate um, down there with uh, gonorrhea. It's hovering just a little, a little uh, in the high single digits. Everybody realizes that uh, the monopolization of the news industry, both uh, broadcast and print, has resulted in these uh, these uh, so called media organs. Pursuing an agenda, and, and it's a globalist agenda, and they're trying to uh, foist it on the rest of the nation. But this idea that Alex Jones was promoting violence, well, CNN is somebody uh, to be, uh, uh, really somebody to be making that accusation.
0: It, it is pathetic. It is it is ridiculous that you are allowed, I don't care what the justification is, that you are allowed in this country to own a semi-automatic weapon, much less a handgun. But what do you need a semi-automatic weapon for? The only reason I think you need it is, Pierce, challenge Alex Jones to a boxing match, show
1: up with a semi-automatic that you got (laughs) legally and pop him.
0: I'd love to see that
1: (laughs) in uniform. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to see that show up with a semi-automatic weapon and pop Alex Jones. This is the same people that have allowed on their air, CNN, talking about strangling uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, um, advocating violence. CNN is the same organization that, um, whose coverage of Ferguson, Dishonest, agenda-driven coverage promoting this Black Lives Matter mythology, created an atmosphere that got over almost, well, what was it? It was about a dozen cops assassinated. And many others wounded. And now CNN and Brian Stelter want to talk about uh, inciting violence? The hypocrisy is so thick that you you can't hardly keep track of it. I don't know how they keep track of it. But um, what happened here is that the media lost control of the narrative in 2016. They allowed Donald Trump to to use these social media platforms to bypass the gatekeepers of, uh, of establishment narrative, take his message directly to the people and win the presidency. Sort of caught them as, uh, by surprise. They were so um, busy believing their fake polls that Hillary Clinton was a shoe in that they uh, that they let him get away with it. But they are bound and determined. That that will never happen again. And as the midterms approach, as they get closer, you can bet that uh, they're gonna uh, they're gonna clamp down on dissident voices on these uh, social media platforms even more. They have already um, been messing with uh, the president's feed. He still has a ridiculous number—eight uh, or ten million followers. On uh, on Twitter and uh, and a huge number on Facebook as well, but if you go into his feed, all he all, you will only see negative comments in response. So the only people that I think that they're allowing to see Trump's tweets are those that are agitated by uh, by his comments in order to try to uh, to uh, excite them to the polls in the upcoming midterm elections. And again, in 2020, I would imagine what will happen is they will, they'll clamp down on dissident voices. They will uh, stifle it. They'll shadow ban it. And then, uh, after the, uh, 2018 midterms, they'll ease off on it again so that, um, you know, maybe those people won't leave and do the common sense thing, go over to Gab. And, uh, in minds, Gab is the, uh, Free speech alternative to Twitter, and Mines is the free speech alternative to Facebook. Bitchute is uh, the emerging free speech alternative to uh, YouTube. They have not nearly the reach. But um, conservatives really did themselves a huge disservice when they, uh, they allowed themselves to be uh, so dependent on these social media platforms without developing platforms of their own. Because now we're sort of uh, trapped in an information ghetto that is totally in control of people whose ideology are opposed. Jack Dorsey at Twitter is an avowed leftist. The reason they banned Proud Boys and Gavin McGinnis from the platform is because I guarantee you that there are Antifa members... In his organization. Jeff Zuckerberg? At Facebook? Well, I think he's an alien, but he's a left-wing alien. And uh, he, the, the whole uh, Cambridge Analytica scandal that uh, the Democrats tried to put together that uh, somehow Donald Trump's campaign uh, illicitly got uh, control over being able to target people on Facebook? Laughable. The Obama campaign are the ones that uh, pioneered that particular strategy and the way they did it if Jeff Zuckerberg gave them all the information. At least Cambridge Analytica came about it honestly. They, uh, they advertised for people to log on and take surveys. But uh, we have got the right wing have got to develop our own forms of uh, of social media. Uh, these these uh, platforms are there for uh, for the taking, uh, so to speak. Gab, Minds, BitShoot, and others. We're going to have to develop them. It's hard to leave a huge uh, platform for a smaller one. Uh, but if you don't have uh, parallel accounts on all of these alt um, alt social media platforms. You should start developing it. And, and you should also stop getting uh, depending totally uh, for your news on cable and network TV. I know you say, well, Fox, we get the, we get the truth from Fox. Oh, man. Obviously, Laura Ingraham, Tucker Carlson is fabulous. Hannity is great. But don't believe for a second that James and Lynch on Murdoch, who are in control of Fox News, are true believers. Uh, they attend, they're, they're totally doing this for profits. They have um, conservatives and uh, right-wingers trapped in their, uh, their information ghetto over there. And uh, when the time comes, they'll pull the rug out from under us because uh, we've got no place to go. We haven't developed any of these platforms of our own. So I would encourage you to continue to get your information from uh, alternative media like uh, right now with Jim Dawes. Um, One American News Network out of San Diego. You can get them for about five dollars a month. Well worth it. Very limited uh, commercial interruptions. Uh, very content-rich news coverage. And then in the evening, you just uh, you just have outstanding uh, commentary with uh, Ledger and uh, uh, Liz Wheeler, who is uh, worth the five dollars a month uh, in herself. Just watching her uh, do battle on behalf of right, uh, the the right. We got one more clip to play of here from Alex Jones. I hate to uh, I hate to let it go because uh, he is uh, so entertaining. Uh, but here he is appealing to the president to to do something about this social media um, censorship. I'm gonna explain something to everybody.
0: They banned me on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. It's not stopping Alex Jones, okay? Let me just give you the bottom line. But it's meant to stop you. And I I was two inches away 30 minutes ago when we went live from calling this, Trump, wake the F up. But like I never hold anything back, I guess I just did it. Because Trump tells his campaign head, he tells everybody, oh, they're censoring conservatives, but they're not going to stop me as if it's a macho thing. Like he's going to get his message out and still win, even if they butcher the Internet and shadow ban everybody that's right of mouth, say tongue. You have a responsibility to defend the damn First Amendment, Trump. And I get you're obsessed with Bezos and his 150 billion and his tax exemption is $1.50, he gets on every package, and you're threatening the Washington Post because they keep trying to sabotage the Korea deal, which is reasonable you're doing. Yeah, great. You think the Washington Post and the New York Times owned by Carlos Slim, the kingpin? No one believes that horse shit, except you, because you're 72 years old, and you're a smart guy, and I'm not putting you down, but You got some blind spots. And, man, I got blind spots in my life, too. But holy hell. No one gives a flying monkey's ass about the Washington Post. The New York Times, a little bit, but it's still a joke. And I know for a fact you read the whole damn things every day. And you you talk to these dumbass reporters all day long like they matter.
1: And you sit there and you tell. So uh, Alex is absolutely right. This is not going to hurt him. His, uh, his listeners are going to flock to him. He is going to benefit hugely by the, uh, uh, by the free publicity of them making him a martyr for free speech. And, uh, and he's going to go grow other people's platforms. He's on 200 radio stations a day. Those, those uh, small-town radio stations are not going to drop him because he delivers viewership in a ver- or listenership in a very uh, competitive, uh, struggling format but um i don't think that we can look to the government there is an argument over whether or not these people um uh these social media lords these tech titans in silicon valley can in fact get away with doing this they're trying to have it both ways they're 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 saying we're just a platform and we're not responsible for anything that anybody says on our platform because we're just giving them a forum and then at the same time, they're turning around and saying, well, we're going to ban you for your views. You can't have it both ways. You either have the, um, uh, the immunity from lawsuits because you're not a publisher and you're not curating your content, or you have that immunity and you have to let everybody on. So, uh I'm not one that uh, looks for legislation to solve all problems, and I would like there not to be one here. But these social media platforms are acting an awful lot like a public utility, um, and if, they, if they're going to do that, they're going to end up being regulated. Well, in the run-up to the midterm elections, uh, the opposition media is uh, trying to close off another blind spot, and that is uh, the fact that most people vote on the basis of their economic interest, and the economy is booming. There is no doubt about it, this is the best job market, this is the best time to be a wage earner um, since I think in my lifetime. Uh, I don't remember any time where the unemployment rate was uh, lower, where wages were going up faster, that jobs were pouring back into the country because the president is reestablished or rebalancing these uh, disastrous trade deals. And, you know, they keep talking about this blue wave coming in November, where if, if history is any judge, that's not going to happen. People vote for the incumbents in times of, um, of economic prosperity. So uh the big the big media is talking down the economy as hard as they can. Uh they're saying this is just a temporary uh state of affairs and uh and now their newest tact is they're trying to say, well, all of this is just a continuation of the conditions <laughs> that Barack Obama created. And the stronger the economy gets, the more desperate they are since they can no longer deny how good the economy is, they're trying to give Obama credit. And it, it is just so absurd. The New York Times said, for three quarters in a row, the growth rate of the economy has hovered at a mere 1%. This was, uh, this was uh, back when in 2016, August 2016, when the New York Times was in fact describing the Obama economy. They said for three quarters into the row in a row the growth rate has hovered at 1%. The last quarter of 2015 and the first quarter of 16 the economy expanded at a feeble annual rate of 0.9 and 0.8%. They didn't even get a whole point out of those two quarters. The initial reading for the second quarter of this year, uh, issued Friday was a disappointing 1.2%. So The truth of the matter is, um, you know, Barack Obama inherited a terrible uh, recession from George W. Bush. But once you turn a recession around, normally this economy, uh, allowed to return to its um, animal spirits, uh, will take off because uh, investors will move in and try to take advantage of bargains. But because at the same time the economy was uh, crippled and trying to limp along, uh, Obama turned right around and piled on regulation and other uh, job-destroying um, measures like Obamacare and, uh, and uh, tax increase. Then the economy never was able to recover, and, and this was part of uh, Barack Obama's outlook on life. He believed uh, in this uh, so-called secular stagnation uh, that Larry Summers and a lot of these uh, 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 Robert Reich and uh, Paul Krugman and a lot of these others were preaching that uh, the Western world, Western nations, uh, were doomed to slow growth as the emerging economies uh, took uh, took more and more of the prosperity that the uh, that the globalist economy was generating, and you may remember. This clip has gotten a lot of play, but Barack Obama uh, in Indianapolis telling a lot of those carrier uh, workers that Donald Trump uh, ultimately saved their factory. Um, actually, it was a uh, a carrier a union rep asking, "What are we going to do? Uh, where the the jobs are leaving us? What are we going to do?" This was before uh, Trump stepped in, and here is what Barack Obama had to say in reply.
0: Now. Because some of those jobs of the past are just not going to come back. And when somebody says, like the person you just mentioned, who I'm not going to advertise for, that he's going to bring all these jobs back. Well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's, the, there's no answer to it. He just says, well, I'm going, I'm going to negotiate a better deal. Well, how, what, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? What magic wand do you have? And usually the answer is, he doesn't have an answer.
1: So: Well, actually he did have an answer. The answer was to uh, uh, cut through regulations, ease the tax burden on corporations. Uh, we had a very high and uh, a high tax burden for corporations that caused uh, manufacturers and, and big corporations, pharmaceuticals and others to, uh, to flee this economy. And the Democrats are so busy playing class warfare and characterizing these corporations as the rich, that they were perfectly willing to sacrifice the jobs so that they could uh, they could claim that they were uh, using the tax code in order to tre- achieve their their ideas of social justice. So Trump comes in right off the bat, uses his executive authority to slash regulations, gets the economy. Um, stabilized and then the GOP finally does something, uh, congressional Republicans, and pass this, uh, this tax cut and the predictable results are what we're seeing now a turnaround of a disastrous Obama economy to one of the best uh, economy for uh, workers in over a generation now, if we can just make sure that the, the business can't uh, try to dilute the workforce by importing huge numbers of uh, immigrants, both legal and illegal, then maybe finally, uh, at long last, the American worker can get a break and start catching up and restoring uh, their uh, educational funds for their children and their retirement funds for their uh, uh, for a dignified retirement from the, for themselves. Remember... Um, Remember when uh, the congressional Republicans and Trump finally passed that tax cut, what Nancy Pelosi's response was? This is Armageddon. More bonuses are on the way for American workers. Call it a tax cut bonus. Two banks announced that they're raising their minimum wage to $15 an hour. Utility companies say they'll be reducing rates to pass federal tax savings on to their customers. The good news just keeps coming. The Dow Jones Industrials closed above 25,000 points. Manufacturing is growing at its fastest pace since 2004. This is Armageddon. It's Armageddon. They uh, they actually went on a a, a, um, a talking tour, uh, a speaking tour, going to all sorts of um, of uh, swing states, saying that the uh, tax cut was actually going to hurt the economy and that the evil rich people were getting all the money. The, the truth of the matter is the corporations were getting it. And the reason the corporations were getting it is because that's what you have to do in order to bring them back from overseas and keep them from leaving. But at the same time, they're creating uh, the, the, uh, most, uh, the highest increases in wages in over a decade and driving uh, the unemployment rate down to historic levels. Uh, and I don't have to keep saying it. You've already heard it. Lowest black, Hispanic, and female unemployment in the history of this nation. If you keep that up, wages have to go up. It's simply a, an argument for supply and demand. But the Democrats are still out there saying that if uh, if you put them in charge of Congress, they're going to repeal the tax cuts and open the borders. So you're going to hurt the businesses and you're going to increase the number of workers. I just don't believe the American people are stupid enough To go down that road, let me see if I've got one more clip on this topic before we go to the uh, the uh, happenings in Charlottesville. Oh yeah, here's one uh, with um, they're talking about trying to give this the credit for this economy to Obama. Here's what his own vice president had to say about his uh, efforts um, right after his first term when he was running for re-election.
0: This is in the middle class that's been buried
1: the last four years. That Obama hasn't delivered for them over the past four years. The economy is undeniably
0: important to everyone, particularly the middle class. Inauguration. When the president He's was inaugurated, unemployment in this country was 7.8 percent. 43 straight months of unemployment over 8 percent. So the number of people working relative to those who could uh, is, is down to a 32-year low. In, in this
1: economy right now, gas prices are high. Health insurance companies charging
0: sharply higher premiums this year. Poverty and a at a 50-year high small business creation at a 40-year low The to middle-class incomes is low as it's been since 90, 1995 right?
1: the reality it's for the thing. american middle class is you can't afford to go to college this is the national debt clock it passed the 16 trillion dollar mark. Is it's this been week. the
0: weakest recovery the middle class has been buried the last four
1: years so a lot of those same talking heads are so um, infected with Trump derangement syndrome now, the same ones that were pointing out that the, the Barack Obama, the Obama economy was a disaster are now trying to give Obama credit for the booming economy under Trump. Before we go on to Charlottesville, I want to talk a little bit about the developments last week at the uh, Paul Manafort trial there in that, um, uh, that courthouse, federal courthouse in Alexandria, Virginia. What's going on out there is a travesty of justice. It's a straight-up political prosecution. It's the kind of political prosecution that we're normally used to seeing in uh, in Soviet and communist countries like the old Soviet Union and, and China where you use um, uh, the justice system in order to punish your political enemies. And how do I know this is the case? Because a lot of these charges... That Paul Manafort is being prosecuted for right now were looked at eight years ago uh, by the FBI and the Department of Justice and uh, and both declined to prosecute. It was only after Paul Manafort went to work as Donald Trump's campaign manager that they went back and revisited those charges and decided lo and behold he should be indicted and tried for this and they took him before a grand jury and indicted him and as you know the saying is a good prosecutor before a grand jury can indict a ham sandwich. If they want an indictment to come out of that um, that process, they will get it. And they've, uh, they've put Paul Manafort on trial now for charges that they had already passed on, and they've added uh, a few more. And they brought in his former partner, Rick Gates, as the star witness against him. And Rick Gates took the stand last week and uh, and admitted, under oath, that he had engaged in uh, in filing false tax documents, that he had uh, uh, committed money laundering, all of the things they charge Paul Manafort with. Rick Gates uh, confessed to doing that. He says uh, on Paul Manafort's behalf. Paul Manafort denies that he did any of that. He, he says that Rick Gates was responsible for, um, for filing this paperwork. That was his end of the partnership. But here's the deal. In addition to those crimes, Rick Gates admitted to embezzling from the partnership. He admits to embezzling at least a hundred thousand or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he used that money to keep a honeypot um, in, uh, in London. So there's another strike against his credibility. He was uh, committing adultery um, with, uh, with, with the money. Paul Manafort and the defense team um, uh, claim that uh, the, the number associated with this embezzlement runs into the millions of dollars. Paul Manafort's been accused of uh, tax evasion and money laundering, and the money laundering comes from charges that he he um, made false statements on uh, loan applications. But he never admitted admitted to any embezzlement. So they've got the guy up there testifying against Paul Manafort that admits that he's doing far or it did far worse than they're even accusing Manafort for. And this is right in keeping with, um, with Robert Mueller's uh, tactics when he was uh, uh, the um, federal attorney for uh, Boston. He, he used Whitey Bulger. No, I'm sorry, uh, Mueller was uh, worked in the FBI. No, he worked at the Department of Justice in, uh, in Boston. Uh, but he used Whitey Bulger as a confidential informant uh offering states evidence against people that who who were guilty of things that were far, far less than Whitey Bulger was doing himself. Whitey Bulger was committing mass murders or serial murders. I, I don't know I don't know the exact number, but it I think it would run into the dozens. And he was giving states evidence to to put uh, pretty much uh, run of the mill um wise guys behind bars. But Whitey Bulger was the king daddy wise guy. And as a result of uh, Mueller's tactics, Whitey uh, Bulger ended up um, on the lam for over a decade. While other people that Bulger testified against, some of whom we learned later were innocent, went to jail. And that's exactly what's going on in the Manafort trial. The guy that they've got, whose testimony they're relying on to put... um, Paul Manafort away, committed worse crimes than Manafort's even accused of. So this week I expect to see the defense team try to put um, Rod Rosenstein on the stand because he was the uh, federal attorney that declined to prosecute Manafort on these, uh, these charges over eight years ago. So that is going to be um, a real spectacle if uh, if, uh, if they're able to do that. And I don't don't really see any reason they shouldn't be able to. I'm going to make a prediction right now. I'm going to go out on a limb. I do not believe that they will get a uh, conviction on uh, Paul Manafort because uh, at least if they don't get an acquittal, I think they'll get a hung jury because somebody on that jury is going to recognize, I, I believe, the injustice of having somebody uh, get immunity for crimes worse than you're accused of to testify against you. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, I think we're going to end up um, probably with a hung jury. There's going to be a goodly number of those uh, inside the Beltway jurors that uh, suffer from Trump derangement syndrome and see this as an opportunity uh to take a whack at the president but i think there's going to be either a uh, um, a crypto trump supporter or two or somebody who just recognizes the injustice of what's going on uh and refuse uh to convict well this last weekend <clears throat> was the 1 year anniversary of the, uh, the riots in Charlottesville where um, a, a sort of a rump group of white supremacists and not neo-Nazis uh, gathered to try to uh, protest in support of um, or in opposition to removing Confederate statues from uh, the park there um, in, um, in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, the home of um, the University of uh, Virginia. And um, and you recall back then the president said that there were there was enough blame to go around on everybody that um, that Antifa had shown up looking uh, to engage in violence it was obviously true to anybody who watched what went on but uh, the news media used that as an example of the fact that uh, Trump was somehow some crypto Nazi uh, because he didn't only condemn uh, the actions of the right wing writers, and he pointed out, uh, again, truthfully, that there were good people on both sides. There were people that were protesting to, uh, to, against the removal of those statues that had nothing to do with the neo-Nazis or the white supremacists. They were, historical, um, uh, they were people who uh, appreciated history, appreciated uh, their um, ancestors that may have fought on the side of the Confederacy. And on the other side, there were uh, well-meaning people who believed that that's a chapter in American history that uh, that should be closed. Trump pointed out that there were good people on both sides. He wasn't talking about the Nazis, he wasn't talking about the white supremacists, and he wasn't talking about Antifa. He was talking about the people that pro- uh, showed up to protest peacefully. Again, they used that to tar the president with this notion that he is somehow, uh, you know, uh, Cryptically supporting the Nazis. Anybody with common sense could see through it. Um, uh, the the two sides both showed up looking for a fight. Well, this this year, uh, to celebrate the anniversary and to try to use this event as uh, you know something to hang around the president's neck and the party's neck prior to the midterms, uh, the media gave it a lot of uh, uh, support and breath of um, sea you know, covered it. So once again, in Charlottesville, Antifa and uh, a lot of these left-wingers showed up. And um, the problem for them was no Nazis and no white supremacists showed up uh, to act as a foil, but that wasn't about to stop them from doing what these Antifa and these left-wingers and these Black Lives Matter protesters do. I'll give you a little a taste of it. Um, Right now, there's not a Nazi or a a white supremacist uh, to be found anywhere. That's not the best clip. That's not the best clip. Let's see if we can find one a little better. There are if you if you don't know who Antifa is, if you're confused because it hasn't been uh, widely covered in the mainstream media, uh, Antifa are communists. What they've done is they've uh, imported this uh, age-old ideological battle from Europe between the communists and the right wing—not uh, just the Nazis, but the right wing in other uh, European countries—where uh, they engage in street brawls and uh, and um, you know raise raise cane. Both of these traditions, these ideological traditions, are uh, decidedly anti-American. America uh, is is uh, not um, behind communism or socialism, and we're certainly not behind the Nazis or uh, or the fascists in uh, Italy. Although you need to point out that the the Nazis and the fascists in Italy were socialist as well. All of this is anti-American. None of it. If you're trying to pick a side between the Nazis and Antifa, there is no side in that fight uh, that is in the American tradition. So here here again are some of these um, Black Lives Matter and Antifa activists there in Charlotte. And what you witnessed there were some of these Antifa um protesters attacking a cop. And uh and they marched up and down the streets um Saturday and Sunday, uh calling cops uh, racists and and pigs and, and uh calling for attacks against police officers, trying to lay label the University of Virginia as uh fascist. <laughs> They're so desperate to have uh, have someone to protest against that just about anybody will do as long as they're a white male. And the the uh, spectacle of these white kids, privileged from privileged families, most of them, who have gone off to university and been indoctrinated with this left wing ideology, this victim um, ideology that permeates. A- uh, the academia these days, um, you know, talking about this Black Lives Matter mythology, and attacking cops. As a matter of fact, you know, there was no there no coverage of any of this behavior in the mainstream media, which is odd because they were also attacking reporters. They beat the stew out of an NBC reporter, and NBC didn't even cover that aspect of the of the protest on their newscast. Here's a close look at these people uh, so you know what we're dealing with. So what they're trying to what they're trying to convince us is these uh, these antifa are somehow just against right wing. They're not right wing. They're communists. They are the stormtroopers for the Democrat Party. They are the, the the brown shirts. Actually, they dress in black, but they're the brown shirts for the Democrat Party. And that's why it's they're so desperate to find you know Nazis that uh, that these these people can uh, oppose. There are Antifa chapters in most of the big cities in this country. There is a small handful of people who call themselves Nazis left, but, uh, uh, but they're, they're in great demand to justify the actions of Antifa in the eyes of the, the left-wing media. So that's going to take it to the end of, of this edition, this inaugural edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I hope to improve this, this, uh, this broadcast for you. Uh, there were a lot of hoops to jump through. I'm not used to uh, having to deal with video. I'm certainly not used to having my face uh, associated with my voice on these broadcasts. Uh, but I'm trying to uh, uh, do my part to increase uh, the availability of uh, views uh, uh broadcasts and newscasts uh, from the left or from the right side of the political spectrum I want to leave you with a, a little clip here um try to uh, end the broadcast on a high note um, that sort of just illustrates um, what humans can achieve uh, when they're not uh, bound. Uh, by doubt and uh, negative thinking. This is a Brazilian whose name escapes me right now. I'll I'll try to remember it uh, when we come back. Surfing the largest wave ever surfed. Holy moly. He looks like a tiny speck. If you mess up now, you will certainly die. And that's unbelievable. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of America First, er, of right now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us, and invite you back here again tomorrow for another edition of Right Now. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is hmm, what's the word? Delightful, because it's got available H Track All Wheel Drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit amazon.com slash hyundai, or scan the QR code on specially marked red and
0: green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603
1: for complete details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit DeltaFaucet.com slash Voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.